What's up, y'all? It's Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy, creator of the Farm to Table coaching program, author of the Plant-Based Foodie, and executive director of the Plant-Based Nutrition Support Group, back here on the Black Health Academy podcast platform for my monthly solo episode entitled Obedience, Personal and Professional Lessons from a Life Lived on purpose. If this is your first time checking out one of my solo episodes, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, If you are a regular listener, thank you for the support. Welcome back. I'm feeling amazing today, y'all. Absolutely amazing. I have so much juiciness to share with you guys in this episode. Um, So I'm going to deep dive right into it. Listen, per usual, I'm going to tell you what I'm sipping on because these solo episodes, I go for an hour, sometimes a little longer. Throat gets dry. I don't have Miss Gifted with Jay here to laugh with me and, you know, give me some relief from all the talking. So I have a cup of hot mint tea with some fresh ginger added. I also have some water here with some blue green algae, like a teaspoon of blue green algae scooped into it. So, you know, just chalking the body as always full of all type of nutritional goodness. Okay, so I can show up fully for you guys and make sure I'm able to cover everything I intended to cover. So thank you so much. Make sure if you're not already, you're following the Black Health Academy podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, wherever you're following the Black Health Academy podcast, please make sure you're actually subscribed, share with friends and family, drop us some likes, some hearts, or a review and let us know how we are doing. We appreciate it so, so much. And if you're not already, do yourself a whole entire favor and get enrolled into the Black Health Academy. The Black Health Academy is a membership-based platform that I created over three years ago in 2017 um, in order to empower people of color to take back onus of their health, take their power back from, you know, chronic disease, take their power back from healthcare providers who have told them that they can never heal, that they can never be whole again, that they can never be healthy. Um, Our mission at the Black Health Academy is to eradicate the most common chronic diseases which disproportionately impact people of color. And that is so important because we know just like every other segment in our um, in our culture today, whether it be housing, education, banking, whatever it is, you know, we are marginalized and there is no difference in healthcare for us. And, you know, suffice it to say that, you know, like we've seen with the pandemic, people of color often get the shorter end of the stick, have worse outcomes, more fatalities um, than any other demographic. And so my mission at the Black Health Academy is to arm our people with the knowledge, the skills, the ability to heal themselves um, or to at least make them more confident in having these important conversations with their healthcare providers so that they're not just taking orders without really knowing the long-term impacts of the treatment plans that their healthcare providers are trying to give to them. So that's our mission at the Black Health Academy. We do that through a free online education platform as well as a 10-week immersion plant-based program called Farm to Table um, and live nutrition classes every first Saturday of the month. So you can check out and read more all about those things, including myself at www.theblackhealthacademy.com. Okay, so today's solo episode, you know, I want to talk about energetic costs 
versus physical cost. I want to talk about preparing energetically to accomplish a goal. And the reason this is so important is because I think it's one of the factors with regard to preparation that we often ignore or don't even consider. And so I'm going to deep dive into energetic costs today. But before I do that, I want to share a receipt of the day because I got a phenomenal, phenomenal email from a young lady um, that really just touched my heart. And so I want to share it with you guys um, because... You know, I know that, you know, when I do the first Saturday class and I'm teaching plant-based nutrition and fitness and health and emotional intelligence and all of that stuff, or, you know, when I'm doing lectures, whether it be in person or when I'm teaching farm to table, no matter how many students we have enrolled in that semester, I know that I'm always talking to more people than I actually see in the room, right? So if there's a hundred people in the room, I know I'm more than likely talking to twice that amount five times that amount. Um, I know that. I know you guys listen to my lectures. You share my lectures. You share the podcast. You share my replays, you know, and I really appreciate that. And so it's nothing like, you know, someone going out of their way to email and just say, you know, I wanted to share with you, you know, what I've been able to accomplish as a result of your teachings. And so, no matter how dope a coach is, no matter how phenomenal an expert is, you know, we always love to know that the work we're doing is having the impact we intended it to have. And so that's what this email did for me. And so I thought I would share a receipt of the day. And but most importantly, um, it's not, you know, me trying to brag what it's really for because her health situation was really severe. You can even call it a health crisis she was in. Um, the fact that she's seen significant movement in that by instituting some things that she's learned, um, I think it's going to motivate many of you guys listening because she was suffering from some very, very, very common chronic health challenges that uh, many of you are suffering from or have loved ones that are suffering from. And so I think hearing her story um, is going to be really, really, really beneficial. And so that's the main reason I want to kind of share this the, these emails, there's two emails and this, these updates that she provided because I'm, I, I was floored as well. And I just want to give somebody hope out there. Okay. All right. So check it out guys. Um, this email is from a young lady. Um, you know, we're just going to call her Sam. Okay. But her, friend that referred her to me, her real name is Sophia. I know Sophia won't mind me sharing her name. Sophia, just a little background information. Sophia is actually a farm to table alumni. So Sophia has graduated from my plant-based coaching program, Farm to Table. And Sophia graduated from my winter 2021 semester. And she enrolled in the course on her own, but she, you know, kind of had her husband watching the modules and kind of being her pseudo classmate when she was taking it in winter 2021. So when our students graduate from Farm to Table, we give them the opportunity to take the program again as an alumni with special alumni pricing. And Sophia actually asked, you know, would it be okay if, you know, I retake the program for the spring semester, but my husband, right, can he get alumni pricing? And we went ahead and honored that. We went ahead and honored, you know, her husband taking Farm to Table this semester with alumni pricing since they're in the same household. So there are some parameters around, you know, uh, gifting your alumni pricing to someone 
And she met those parameters. And um, so her husband is actually now in this semester of Farm to Table in our spring 2021 semester that's underway currently. Um, so it's super dope to, you know, watch different people in the household actually go through the program and they love it so much. They got so much value out of it in the winter semester that they wanted to come back and take it again. Um, but I said all that to say, you know, that Sophia has been in my ecosystem for a while and, um, because, you know, she was listening and everything way before she enrolled in farm to table and she actually booked a consultation with me, but she did it on behalf of her friend who, you know, we're calling Sam. Right. And so she, she reached out to me and say, Hey Lisa, I have a really good friend named Sam. She's pretty much in a health crisis. I wanted to know if we can hop on a phone call with you and kind of talk through some things and you kind of tell her whether or not a whole food plant-based diet would impact her conditions. And we did that several months ago. Um, and so Sam sent me the first email update on March 30th and the second email update um, just a few days ago on May 24th. So I'm going to read both of those updates to you guys. So again, this is from Sam, who the woman who we're calling Sam, um, and she is a good friend of Sophia, who is a farm to table alumni. Okay. All right, here we go. The first update from March 30th says, and this is a little long, so bear with me, guys. Good evening, Miss Lisa. I don't know if you remember me, but my friend Sophia introduced us a few months ago and I was discussing with you my stage five kidney failure diagnosis. Since that time, I have adopted the plant-based lifestyle after talking to you and Sophia. I wanted to thank you for the encouragement you gave me to fight back against the kidney failure and heart failure and the diabetes and high blood pressure. I had an appointment with my kidney specialist on Monday and she was in shock. My hemoglobin A1C was 6.3. I have not had a level that low in over 20 years. She told me to reduce the amount of insulin I am taking. I did not bother to tell her I don't even take insulin every day anymore. My red blood cell count has gone up to 9.7. Over the past few months, I was doing iron infusions every week for three to four hours. And she was talking about ordering me to get a blood transfusion because my red cells were at a 7.6. I also was informed there has been significant decrease in the amount of protein spilling from my kidneys. My doctor is in shock. She told me that she doesn't understand why my numbers are getting better, but my kidney tests are showing I should be very sick because I only have 7% of my kidneys functioning. I have actually had such an increase of energy that I take my daughter outside to play and we walk almost one mile every day. I know that doesn't sound like much, but I was told to only walk to the driveway next door because my heart couldn't take too much activity. But I have had more energy and I have been pushing myself and truthfully I have never felt this well in years. I have adopted the plant-based lifestyle however I am still struggling with eating cheese. I love cheese. I have reduced the amount I eat but I still eat some. But I have stopped the other dairy mostly. I have not eaten meat since the third week in January. I wanted to thank you for your advice and I'm wondering if you know of anything else I can do to help me get my kidney function numbers up. My doctor wants me to eat a balanced diet in quotes, including meat, and she wants me to go ahead and start dialysis. I am fighting so hard not to do dialysis, but the doctor says that I am feeling euphoric and my kidneys will crash soon. I am not feeling sick at all. I am motivated to beat this and I make my doctors acknowledge this can be overcome. Overcome. Please assist me with any knowledge you may have about rebuilding my kidney function. I also would like to apply for the scholarship to your class. I would love to take the class, but I am not working. I am in the appeal process for my social security disability. 
but I listened to some of the free sessions you have and I appreciate all of the great information you share. I want to say thank you for helping me and for teaching Sophia so that she is able to help me. I have a three-year-old daughter and I am trying to stay healthy to see her grow up. Thank you so much for introducing me to the plant-based lifestyle. It is truly life-changing for me. Truly grateful, Sam. <laughs> Yo, so you guys, you can only imagine how I felt reading this update from Sam. Like it was just so amazing because we maybe spent, I don't know, maybe roughly about 30 minutes or so on the phone, me, her and Sophia, just talking through everything and me giving her some tips. So she's never been a client. She's never been a student um, in Farm to Table. I don't even know that she's came to any of my live lectures and classes. Clearly, she's listened to some replays. But again, you know, she's just been listening. And then most importantly, she has a phenomenal support system and her good friend, Sophia, who's been teaching her and passing down what she's learned. And it was just amazing to read this. So now I want to read you guys the updated email that she sent me just a couple of days ago on May 24th. OK, um, so May 24th. Good morning, Lisa. My name is. Sam, and we met through my best friend, Sophia. I am dealing with stage five kidney failure and I am fighting it through the plant-based diet. I just wanted to give you a quick update. I am still struggling with it every day, but I went to get my labs done and my kidney function has increased to 10%. Just last month, it was at 7%, but it jumped 3%. I know that it's not much, but it has renewed my drive to continue this process. My A1C is still 6.3 and my red blood cells have improved to 9.1. My blood pressure is still within range and I am only taking 50 milliliters of a water pill every day. Please use this information to encourage others in my situation. So many times I was told it couldn't be done and truthfully, I was ready to give up and accept my poor health and impending mortality. But my friend Sophia refused to leave me alone and she refused to allow me to give up. And she really believes in the teachings that you have provided. And she is applying those principles to her life and forcing them onto my life, LOL. But I am thankful for the guidance you two have been giving me and the true concern you all have shown. I know I have a long way to go, but I wanted to share my progress with you as your teachings are instrumental in this process. I have a doctor's appointment today and I am nervous about what my nephrologist is going to say. Just wanted to say thank you, truly, Sam. So listen, guys. And of course, I replied to both of her emails with a whole bunch of exclamation points like, yeah. But listen, you know, I just wanted to give you guys hope. You know, I just really wanted to you guys to hear that because it's so important to know that no matter how severe or dire your situation, no matter what you've been told about it being in your DNA and your genes, you know, about you being too far along where it's not reversible or that there's no improvement that can be made, you know, it may not be 100% reversible, but we can begin to put some things in remission. We can begin to, you can begin to feel better and I just want to make sure you guys know that and want to keep that in top of mind. Like, do not give up. Long as you fight, long as you have it in your mind to fight for your health, to fight for your well-being, to fight for your life expectancy, to fight for your quality of life. Like, nothing can beat a fight. Like, no, the, the, the thing that wins in a fight, I was just telling my personal trainer this, this morning, um, is endurance. You know, it's endurance. So, as long as you have that mental fortitude to say, no matter what, I am going to fight this thing and I'm going to do everything in my power at the highest level that I can 
to beat this, to put this in remission, to be what the doctors would consider an anomaly or a miracle, right? As long as you have that fight in you, you have more than a slim chance of recovering. And many of you or many of the people you love are not even battling things as severe as Sam here with stage five kidney failure um, and all these other things going on. You know, for some of you, it's, you know, it's much lighter, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't mean to make light of any type of chronic health challenge, right? But we know that things could oftentimes be worse. So, I just want to read those things to you to encourage you not to give up the fight. All right. Now let's get into a podcast. Let me take a sip of this here tea, y'all. So y'all know as I'm talking, as my throat or whatever gets dry, you're going to have hear moments of silence that sound like this. As I take a sip of some type of liquid here, this tea, this water, whatever it is, um, so we can keep going. Because like I said, I got a lot to go over. So listen, I'm smack dab in the middle of teaching our spring semester of Farm to Table, which is my 10-week plant-based coaching program, immersion program. We're having a phenomenal time with, you know, a, a, a student body of about 30 students, um, and they are doing phenomenal. We're more than halfway through the program. The program is 10 weeks. We're approaching class seven this upcoming Tuesday. And, you know, it's really, really a good time. Our students are getting absolutely phenomenal results. And, you know, this semester is different energetically. And I'm going to, again, talk about that um, a little bit today. Listen, I'm fresh off of a vacation. I just got back from San Francisco a couple days ago. I was in San Francisco for five days, um, which was absolutely amazing. Shout out to our my one of my students in Farm to Table, who's actually an alumni from the winter semester. And now she's taking it again in the spring semester. Shout out to Janelle um, for showing me around San Francisco, for meeting up with me and for going on a walk and just kind of telling me the, the lowdown because, you know, I'm definitely shopping right now for places to re relocate in the U.S. And so me and Janelle went on like probably almost an eight mile walk um, along the ocean. It was beautiful. I love meeting my students in person. It was phenomenal. It's kind of weird when you've been talking to somebody for months via Zoom <laughs> and then you finally meet them in person. But Janelle was absolutely uh, hospitable and I really appreciate that. So just wanted to publicly say thank her, thank you for meeting up with me in San Francisco and, um, you know, giving me the lowdown on San Francisco, California, LA. And we talked about so many things. So, and then shout out to her and then, you know, her really good friend, Alicia, who connected us. So I really appreciate you guys. Um, okay, so listen, San Francisco was amazing, by the way. If you guys are looking for somewhere to travel and you're worried about staying on task with your plant-based eating, please, please, please go to San Francisco. It is by far one of the most plant-friendly, one of the most plant-friendly cities I've ever been to. Like, I think at, I would literally say no exaggeration, probably upwards of 80% of the restaurants we ate at were 100% plant-based. Um, because it was, it's just so easy there. Now, of course, I intentionally, um, I, I inten intentionally sought out, um, these plant-based restaurants. So I like researched them, but they were so easy to find, like to find hundred percent plant-based restaurants in San Francisco was so easy and they were like cuisine based. So I found hundred percent Italian restaurant, Japanese, like we did sushi, um, soul food. There was just, it was just amazing. So I ate at some really great places. 
um, in San Francisco, really plant friendly and absolutely I loved it. So that was dope. Okay. So that's that. Um, the next thing, um, I got to tell you guys about, um, I think, let me see, did I have another update? Oh yes. Coming up, uh, this summer and this fall, just a lot of people like are wondering when is my, um, plant-based certification, the other 23 launching is launching in August. We're going to open up applications. I'm probably opening up in beginning, end of June, beginning of July, more than likely, because this semester of Farm to Table ends on the 23rd of June. And so me trying to make sure I am energetically aligned and not overwhelm myself and put myself back into a state of burnout, um, means that I'm trying to do things um, in, in phases and in perfect timing that makes sense. And so I'm going to be releasing um, plant-based certification this summer in August entitled The Other 23. And then um, this fall in September is when the next semester of Farmer Table is going to come out, okay? So you can visit lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply to read all about what farm to table is, what's all included, all of those things, and you can get on the wait list. So if you know you need, you've kind of um, done everything you could as far as DIY, learned as much as you could about plant-based nutrition, learned about you know, started implementing some things on your own and you're ready to go to the next step, then Farm the Table is for you. It is not for beginners. I do not encourage beginners to apply. Um, I really recommend that you've already gotten some momentum on your own before you engage in Farm the Table because it is an intensive. Our students describe it as a <laughs> college or university course. Um, there's a lot of information. It moves pretty fast paced, especially in the first five weeks or so. And so, um, you want to make sure that you already have a little momentum um, and kind of familiarize yourself with what a plant-based diet is or a vegan diet is on your own and started kind of removing some things, kind of testing out some things. And now you're at that place where you need to foot, um, refine your regimen um, and really get into the minutia like you need to know about I don't know vitamins and supplements you got questions about things like like soy and blood work like things like that you should already have done the foundational things though or at least you know had some trial and error um, because I don't think the farm to table is a great program for beginners people who are brand spanking new to a plant-based lifestyle you want to start with the black health academy coming to our first saturday classes getting the basics out the way so that you're ready for the farm in the fall so go to lisaangelsmith.com and apply for lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply to get on the wait list to apply for the spring semester farm to table we are going to sell out we always sell out it's you know, it's our, it's our thing, right? Because we limit the number of students so that we can make sure it's an optimal experience for every student um, and that we can give every student the attention they deserve. So that's your next best steps. And again, if you're just a beginner, just start off with the Black Health Academy. Okay. And I think I misspoke earlier when I was saying shout out to Janelle. I said shout out to her friend, Alicia. And I meant to say Aisha. I was thinking of Alicia, who is a student in Farm to Table who's been phenomenal um, and has been referring students and everything. And so I was thinking Alicia, but I meant to say Aisha. So because I know they both Aisha and Janelle listens and I don't want them cackling about that. OK, so sorry, ladies. Uh, so shout out to Aisha. OK, so listen, 
let's get into a real podcast now, all right? Like, that's all the announcements. That's all I got for you guys. So now let's talk about being in alignment. So this solo podcast that I do every month entitled Obedience, Personal and Professional Lessons from a Life Lived on Purpose, is really all about teaching you what it means to be in alignment, showing you what it means to be in alignment, um, and helping you to uh, live a life that's on purpose, meaning your contribution to society is intentionally aligned with your gifts, talents, and purpose. Okay, so that's my mission every month is to make sure that you're operating in alignment. And that's also my mission with our students at Farm to Table. It's not just to, you know, flood the world with more vegans or more plant based individuals. That's great. But our mission is to utilize a plant based diet to take your health from a liability to an asset so that you're then able to leverage your health in order to live obediently. Right. Because you can't live in alignment fully. Right. You may be already doing what you were meant to do in this world, but you're not doing it at the most optimal level um, and you're not maximizing your outcomes and, or should I say your output if you're not fully healthy. Like if you're battling any type of health challenge, whether that be physical, mental and emotional health challenge, you are not fully in alignment. Right. And so our mission at Farm to Table is to make sure your health is an asset. Um, and helps you to maximize your output, right? And so that's what this podcast is all about. It's like, okay, you're going to listen to the Black Health Academy podcast with me and Jay. You're going to come to our first Saturday classes. You're going to start listening to those those lectures on our online platform. Um, Then you're going to start implementing those things so that you can get rid of chronic pain, you can get rid of chronic fatigue, you can get the blood pressure down, the cholesterol down, the A1C down, you can get your weight down. You know, you can put your cancer or your autoimmune disease in remission. You can reverse digestive issues. You can really, you know, get rid of the depression. You can get rid of the anxiety. Like that's our mission so that you're not battling a health challenge so that you can do more of what you were put on this planet to do. So that's the mission of this podcast. That's the mission at Farm to Table. That's my mission on this planet is to get more people in alignment with their calling because, you know, people of color, we have so much to offer to the world. We're so absolutely brilliant and beautiful. But unfortunately, we're also disproportionately suffering from so many health challenges that limits our ability to contribute contribute at that high level. And then many of us are forced to go outside of our community, outside of the culture, outside of our own backyard to get resources, to get services, to get resources, to get products, um, because the people in our own backyard are not well enough to produce them. Okay, so... That's me in a nutshell. That's my mission. So let's talk about it today. So the first thing I want to talk about today, I made a very short list of how to know whether you're in or out of alignment. Um, So I want to break that down. And then I want to share with you guys how what I did energetically to specifically sell out this semester of Farm to Table, my spring semester. Now, we always sell out, but I did something very different energetically this semester, which I think made a major difference in our outcomes, even though the outcome was the same, which which was a sold out semester. But that's significant for some very unique reasons. So I'm going to share all that. But first thing I want to share is how to know whether you're in or out of alignment in the first place. Now, I highly recommend that you go back and binge these solo episodes. Um, Whatever platform you're listening to this on, just search for obedience. These episodes always start with the word obedience in all caps. And you can binge these episodes, okay? All right. So, how to know if you're 
out of alignment. Okay, so when I say out of alignment, I'm talking career here. I'm talking business, okay? So our mission is to be in alignment with our calling in life. So how to know if you're out of alignment? First, after working, do you feel disengaged? Do you feel disconnected? Do you feel drained with no energy? Okay. Do you feel unfulfilled? Are you experiencing cognitive dissonance, right? Meaning what you're doing for, you know, eight plus hours a day or whatever is completely out of alignment with your own personal belief systems, right? So that's cognitive dissonance, like your reality reality is contradicting your own personal beliefs and point of views okay now what you what you currently do you you used to be in alignment with it right but now you're no longer in alignment with it and so you are feeling like this tug you're feeling it it, it leaves you uncomfortable right you may be doing working in a space where you no longer feel like you're adding value to the people you're serving um, or you don't even get to see the people that the end product touches. So you're really not um, you, you're really not feeling connected because you're not even a part close enough to the end product or the end user. Right. Um, so that's experiencing cognitive dissonance. Um, are you do you seek pleasure in unhealthy substances or self self-sabotaging behavior? So do you have a sugar addiction, alcohol addiction? you know, some type of drug addiction, um, junk food, gossip, trolling, you know, smoking, drinking, these things, right? Um, do you have to seek pleasure? Like it's your first thing when you get off a long week or a long day is to go gorge on something unhealthy because that's what makes you happy. Like that's the thing, the one thing that you can look forward to, you know, pouring yourself a drink. Um, and, and don't get it twisted. And I'm not saying pouring yourself at a, a drink after a long day is an indicator that you're out of alignment, but it could be depending on how much you're drinking um, and depending on whether or not it's impeding your ability to be productive in life. Right. Um, so what things do you rely on to extract to extract pleasure? Right. Because you you're not getting it. You're feeling so unfulfilled that you have to rely on other things to get pleasure because what you're doing eight or more hours a day ain't, ain't cutting it, right? So that's how you know if you're out of alignment. I think the one that might stand out for me the most here is that you feel drained with no energy. And let me tell you what I mean because let me let me make my list for how you know if you're in alignment, okay? So if you get done with a work day or you get done with a project, an assignment, whatever, you know you're in alignment if you feel drained with energy, okay? So I'm going to talk about those, feeling drained with energy. You're out of alignment if you feel drained with no energy. You're in alignment if you feel drained with energy. And that might sound like, wait, how can you be drained with energy? But I'll explain it. Um, also, you're in alignment if you desire nothing else when you're fully engaged. Like when you're fully locked in on whatever it is that you do, you desire nothing else in that moment. There's nothing else that will give you more joy than what you're doing in that moment. That's how I feel when I'm on the stage with a mic in my hand. Like, you can't offer me anything else. I'm good. <laughs> Wait till my talk is over and then I could entertain whatever you're offering. But in this moment, I am in my bag. I am in my space. I am in my lane, right? And there's nowhere else I'd rather be and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing, okay? Um, also, 
Now, this may just be me, but I still put it on a list. You know you're in alignment if you forget to get paid or will be willing to do it for free or next to nothing, okay? I struggled with that for a long time, still do sometimes. Like, oh, okay, I guess my prices are negotiable depending on what it is, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I just love what I do and it's something that even if I had all the money in the world, I would still do, right? If, you know, I got, you know, a hundred trillion jackpot tomorrow, I would not shut down the Black Health Academy. I would still do the first Saturday class every month. I would still teach farm to table, right? Just like now half the class would probably be on scholarships, right? But I would still do what I do without, you know, a price tag attached. But I just happen to be a really good businesswoman too. And I know the importance of like building a real business that's sustainable, past me and my own identity. I no longer can be the brand of the company. And so we have to make sure that, you know, the company is cash flow positive, that, you know, we are, you know, our margins are good, our revenue is good. Um, and so there's still business to business. But at the end of the day, you know, if I didn't have to do all those things to make sure I'm creating a life for people other than myself, then I would, I could totally do this for next to nothing because I'm so aligned with the work that I do, okay? Um, and the final way to know whether or not you're in alignment is you're serving, also known as you're solving a problem, okay? You're serving or, i.e., you're solving a problem, all right? Um, so, you know, those are some, some checklists that you can utilize to kind of decide where where you are and you probably didn't need a checklist to know that you whether or not you were or weren't in alignment but sometimes being out of alignment doesn't mean you have to be unhappy or miserable too you know what I'm saying like it, I don't think it's too I don't think it's a, there's only two options like either you're in alignment or you're completely miserable and unhappy and hate your job you know there's people who are just content and there's aspects of their job that they enjoy and although they might not be in perfect alignment, they're not miserable. So I want to make that clear. Like I'm not making just a very black and white distinction here that says either you're in alignment or you're completely miserable for 40 hours a week. I'm not saying that. And that's why I think this list is so important because you may be in a very content place with the work that you're doing in a space that you're in, although you know that there's a better way you could be serving, right? There could, there's a, a, a better or bigger problem that you like to solve for the world that you're more aligned with. And so you can work toward that if you so choose. Um, but I like to talk to the individuals on this podcast who are striving for excellence and greatness and not necessarily living in the gray area or the or in the middle or, you know, settling for, you know, just average. Um, I'm talking to the individuals who are striving to really make a dent on this planet while they're here to have a huge, huge impact. And so I want you to know what it feels to feels like to be in complete alignment. So the part where I said, listen, drained with energy versus drained with no energy. So you know how you can finish doing something. You can complete something and you can be totally drained. And I mean, like, you have no physical energy, you have no mental energy, you're just like done. Like, I don't, I just need to lay down. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to eat. I don't want to shower. I don't want to, do, I just need to sit down. I just need to distance myself. I just need space. I just need to rest. I need to recoup. I need, you know, to restore, to restorate, right? 
Um, but then you also have drained with energy. And this is how I always feel when I get done teaching farm to table, when I get done with a speaking engagement, when I get done teaching our first Saturday uh, class, I, I feel drained because I'm drained mentally because I, I've literally just spent the last couple of hours at answering numerous questions about nutrition science, about psychosocial behavior, about, you know, um, personal development development, emotional intelligence. And I'm constantly having to basically dig into my reservoirs of intellect and pull from all these different buckets and make it make sense for the listener, for the student, for the learner. Um, and it takes a lot. Right. And and that's what I showed up for. Like and, and I had and I probably prepared like I probably fasted was fat was still doing that in the fastest state had my water there you know was really like fueled my brain ate my plants all of that so that I literally filled up so that I could give it all away right um and so when I'm done teaching or speaking I feel drained like I feel mentally tired but I have so much energy y'all like I feel like I could fly like I feel <laughs> it's so crazy because I'm I, I was just talking to like my significant other about this like it's almost like I don't know what to do with myself because I like I'm up, I start cleaning, I'm bouncing off the walls, but I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't give me another mic. I don't want to ask her another question. Don't ask me what I want for dinner. Don't ask me to make a decision, but I don't want to rest. I don't want to sleep. Like oftentimes, so Farm the Table this semester, for example, is on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9, 15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I swear to God, y'all, I don't think I ever get to bed before midnight on Tuesdays because I have at least, you know, a couple more hours of energy left after teaching, but not like energy that I could do stuff. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm up, you know what I'm saying? If it's up, then it's up. I don't know how to explain it, but that's how I know I'm in alignment because I feel that every single time I serve in that way. Every time I have a speaking gig, um, every time I'm invited to speak on a panel or at a conference or I'm a guest somewhere, like, and it's crazy. Like, I could be tired physically before the engagement begins, but then when it's my turn on the turn on the stage, you would have zero idea. Like I'm up, like I'm like I'm here, I'm up, I'm tuned in, I'm listening, I'm here for it all, right? And then I could crash immediately afterwards. But it my work fuels me so much, and it makes me so happy. And I remember when I stopped getting that feeling as a personal trainer, and that's when I knew it was time to pivot and move on. So I just want to you know help you guys out with that same checklist to kind of just check in to make sure you know whether or not you're operating in or out of alignment. Because again, out of alignment doesn't mean that you're miserable or that you're looking for another job. You just, you're, it just means that your gifts, talents, and talents aren't being maximized, right? And so, and again, if you share my belief system, which is we're, our only purpose on this planet is to serve and make it a better place, you know, than we found it and really help somebody else experience be better while they're here, then you know that your gifts and talents need to be maximized. You know, if you're sitting on a talent of, of singing, or if you're sitting on a talent of teaching, or if you're sitting on a talent um, if you're, you know, if you're sitting on the talent of, of some type of artistry um, and you're not utilizing it, that's a problem. That's a, that's a huge problem. Like that, like that's a major problem. I want you to know that. So, you know, I just want to be clear about that. So, you know, listen to that checklist again real quickly. I guess I'll review really quickly. 
how to know if you're out of, out of alignment. After working, you feel disengaged or disconnected. You feel drained with no energy. You feel unfulfilled. You're experiencing cognitive dissonance or you seek pleasure in unhealthy substances or engage in self-sabotaging behavior. And then how to know if you're in alignment. You actually feel drained with energy. You desire nothing else when you're fully engaged. You forget to get paid or will be willing to do it for free or next to nothing. And most importantly, you're serving, i.e. you're solving a problem when you're in your bag. Okay. Okay. So hopefully that checklist helps. And now I want to deep dive into energy. Hold on. Let me take a sippy sip. Sippy sip. Okay. So listen. Okay. So I been waiting to share this with you guys because it really was a game changer. So this is all about manifestation at the highest level. Okay. So I've been teaching farm to table for many years. I created it many years ago and I've been teaching the live version with students in a for a shorter time. I think I started in 2019 with live students. Um, and you know, we fill up, it's a, it's a great program. Our students love it. I love it. You know, my, my team, my staff loves it and we just have a good time with our students. Okay. But from a business standpoint, you know, I knew at the beginning of this year that Farm to Table needed a major overhaul, not in the content, not in the curriculum per se, but moreover from the business side side of things. We were severely, like almost embarrassingly underpriced um, and and it was kind of a one come all model. Okay, so we were underpriced and it was a one come one come all model. And I decided at the top of 2021 that, you know, I was going to do what I had to do to change that. And I did. Right. So we made two major changes to farm to table from a business standpoint, starting with this spring semester. Number one, we increased the price five times. Right. We five X the price. And then two, we introduced an application page as opposed to a sales page. Okay. So those were two major changes I made in the program for very um, important business reasons. Right. So the first reason, the reason we went from a sales page to an application page, meaning literally you had to apply to be in Pharma Table. You couldn't just go on, to, on the website look at the price, whip out your credit card and get in the class. That has been our model for years, but we've changed that. And the reason you now have to apply for farm to table is because I really streamlined our curriculum and wanted to be more clear on what our desired um, outcome was for our students. And that desired outcome had to be aligned with a certain type of student. So it was no longer if you had the money you're in that could no longer be the only requirement to get in farm to table. Many people in the past just really needed to be in the Black Health Academy. They just needed to be in my first Saturday class. They weren't ready to be in an immersion type program. And so I wanted to, number one, set our students' expectations. Number two, align, make sure we have the perfect student 
for the outcomes that we were wanting to generate for our students. Um, and I wanted to make sure that we were curating an ecosystem that was designed for every single person to succeed, which means they needed to be in the physical or in the virtual classroom with like-minded individuals where everyone had the same kind of understanding, the drive, the mission, um, and everyone was a little more aligned versus, oh, we can just all afford to be here. Okay. So, because that would impact our, um, our, our ability to get our students better results that would impact our outcomes, right? Because we have a really high success rate for farm to table, meaning the people that actually finish the program and the people that go on to continue to utilize what they learned in the program. But it wasn't as high as I wanted it to be. Like we have people who are great in the program, then they get off, they fall back, they go back to their old ways. And it was just because their level of readiness wasn't where it was supposed to be because my qualifiers weren't good enough. I was only previously qualifying people based on what they could afford. And that was a horrible decision. Now, now that the program is what it is, it was a great decision in the beginning when I was still refining and refining and refining the program. Now at the heightened level that Farm to Table is now, the only qualifier cannot be whether or not people can afford it, okay? So we had it to introduce an application page as opposed to just a sales page. And that was really important and, has, and it has proven to be really effective just based on the engagement with our student body this semester, based on the results they're getting so far. It's just absolutely amazing based on the feedback that I've gotten from our students we do one-on-ones halfway through the program, and I would say about 90% roughly, um, let me see. So we do one-on-ones halfway through the program, and um, when they book their one-on-ones, you know, we ask them, you know, has, is the program meeting your expectations, exceeding your ex expectations, you know, or below your expe expectations. And, you know, 90, over 90% 90 of everyone is like, it exceeds my expectations. So it's really like, it's really proving to do exactly what I designed it to do. We've curated the perfect community. Okay. So that was the first major business shift is we went to an application model. And for the spring semester, guys, we had 76 applicants. And we let 30 students in, right? Okay. So then with um, the price, we we absolutely needed to. It was just so, we, we, we were so behind as far as increasing the price for this program. It's insane. Um, but we really, really, really needed to make sure the the cost of the program matched the value that we were well was more in line with the value that we're offering because the value of farm to table far exceeds the cost even today far far exceeds it because we have students who utilize what we teach not just for themselves but for the people they love and they come back and tell us you know the impact of what they learned in farm to table has had on themselves, their loved ones. It's just insane. You know, people getting off of medications, people reversing chronic disease, you know, helping their loved ones in real time. Like every semester in the program, we have students who unfortunately have, 
you know, family members who fall ill or who have medical emergencies and they're able to say, oh my God, if it wasn't for what I now know about nutrition, what I now know about reading vitamins and supplements and reading labels, what I now know, you know, just about emotional intelligence, I was able to navigate this medical crisis or this medical emergency with my mother, my father, my uncle, my spouse, you know, my sister, my friend. Um, And so just when I tell you the value far exceeds the cost, but we at least needed to bring that cost up to uh, make it make more sense because you can also do yourself a disservice in business by pricing yourself too low. A lot of people think, you know, we keep the price low, we're more affordable, we appeal to more people, but it actually can work in the opposite way. and not in your favor by pricing yourself too low, because as you guys all know, in our world, um, as consumers, we equate price with value. And so if you're priced, you know, low, low ticket, you can be viewed as not valuable enough. Like, oh, that's all it costs. That what am I going to get for that? You know what I mean? And I think that was a um, beginning to happen because farm to table is such an intensive and there's so much that we add in the program just to make sure that the experience and the outcomes of, of these students are guaranteed um, that we need absolutely needed to bring that price point up to to match that value and so um, and then just from a business standpoint too you know I have a team I have a staff and we need to grow this thing we have to scale farm to table and you cannot do that we could not have done that at the low ticket price we were at so the price will continue to increase um and that's the because until we get to a place that matches a little more of what we offer the value that we offer and all of those things um so i'm not shy about saying that and um and we have exceeded our goals right so i said all that to say with making those two major changes to farm to table this semester, switching to an application model and increasing the price five times, um, I was nervous, y'all. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you up. I was nervous about selling out the semester, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to sell out because again number one you know that price point was serious because a lot of our students were used to the old price point I could I started farm to table many years ago and so the price has changed but not as significant as it had this time and so I was worried I'm like I don't know how my students are gonna take this right how my audience is gonna take this And I think one of the things that gave me the most confidence was at the end of the winter semester, I told our winter semester graduates on the last night of class, like, guys, we're about to increase the price. We're about to do this. We're about to do that. And I shared with them the changes that were coming in farm to table. And they all were like, Lisa, yes, do it. They validated me so much like like y'all this. They were like, this program is worth every penny. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, from a business standpoint, just from a value add standpoint. Absolutely. So they validated me so hard. And it it just, I had to call my mom after. And we were just on the phone. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And you know, it was, they were all so supportive. And so when I introduced the application for the spring semester, I went in really feeling confident, like, no, this is, you know, this is the price because, you know, I've had graduates say that, yes, it's worth it. You know what I mean? So 
Um, that validation felt absolutely amazing. But again, I was still nervous because I knew I had some explaining to do to some people. I knew there was still going to be some resistance increasing that price point that much. And so, you know, I really wanted to make sure I was prepared energetically, you know, for this launch. And so we, I opened up the application to farm to table for this spring semester on March 15th. And the application was open up until April 18th. And the class started on April 20th, okay? So I just want to kind of give you guys an idea of what I did in that time frame. So from March 15th to April 18th, right? So we're looking at about 32 days. Um, I really, really, really prepared energetically to manifest the outcome that I desired. So the outcome that I desired for this semester was I wanted a minimum of I wanted 30 students, not even a minimum. I wanted exactly 30 students. I didn't want more than that. I wanted 30 students, right? And I had a financial goal as well, right? I had a financial goal and I had a number of students I wanted, okay? I was able to achieve both of those. I was able to achieve both of those, but I want to tell you how I did it. I don't want you to be impressed with that. I want you, I want to give you my process to make sure you understand the importance of preparing energetically to manifest the outcomes you want in life. Okay. So I'm going to tell you everything I did to manifest this outcome. So again, we opened up the application on March 15th. People started applying right away. And the application process was literally, you know, a written, uh, app, a digital application they had to complete. Then they had to complete, <clears throat> A digital health assessment and then they had to book a suitability call and go through a 30-minute um, interview for the to get into farm to table so you can imagine that's a lot right they had to first of all show enough interest to be willing to go through all that to do the application to do the health assessment to book the suitability call and to show up for the suitability call, right? And chat with me for about 30 minutes, just about the program, about what their desires are and all of those things. And so, you know, we first and foremost ask people to show more interest than just going to the website and whipping out a credit card. Like you have to, re you really had to want it to have to go through, to go through that, right? Like, ah, uh -huh. you know, cause you think you're going somewhere to just buy something and you, you're like, I got to fill out what? Then I got to book a call. Then I got to look at my calendar to see if I'm available, book a call, show up that day, go through the call. You know, when some students were nervous, they got on the call with me, like, do I qualify? Like, am I fit? I've been trying to get in front of the table for years. And so I just thanked everybody. I just wanted to thank everybody for even taking the time to go through those steps to do that because like I said in the past it was just a matter of you know sitting on the comfort of your couch scrolling on the website real quick looking at the number at the bottom of the website being like oh yeah I can afford this where's my credit card no now we're like prove that you want this tell us about yourself tell us about your pain points you know tell us about your desires right um you know be honest about in this health assessment and so we ask for way more output on the students end up front Right. And so just just prove that you want this. Right. Um, and so I was really like, I'm like, OK, they're going to put this energy into applying. I'm about to put this energy into manifesting this outcome. You feel me? OK, so without further ado, I'm going to list the stuff I did. Because manifestation is real. OK, so from March 15th to April 18th, I did not drink a drop of alcohol. 
Okay, I needed to be, this spoke to mental clarity, okay, and discipline. So no wine for me, no Don Julio, <laughs> okay? Um, so I didn't drink a drop of alcohol, that's number one. The second thing I did is I did not scroll on social media, not one time. Now, I did have to post on social media, you know, because I was in, I was launching, I was promoting Farm to Table, being open for enrollment. So I did live videos, you know, I made posts. And, you know, I responded to people's comments on my videos and my posts. Um, I responded to DMs, but I did not scroll, not one time. I promise not one time did I scroll. I didn't see what nobody else, you know, posted. I simply got on there, did my work for my business and hopped off, right? So no scrolling. And I'm going to tell you the importance of these things. The next thing I did to manifest this outcome was I... um stopped doing one-on-one coaching. Now, this is important. This is really important because I did, I turned down money to manifest this outcome. It might sound weird, but I actually stopped offering one-on-one even before March 15th. Um, I knew coming into the, the year, into 2021, that I was going to, you know, start, um, stop offering one-on-one coaching. So no one-on-one um, nutritional coaching anymore. And I've had people email me several times in the last couple of months, like, you know, what does it cost to work with you? What is, and I'm like, I only work with people in my group coaching programs. I no longer offer one-on-one coaching. So, um, I stopped doing one-on-one coaching. Another thing I did is, um, I did visualization, right? So I visualized myself, you know, closing, the deal, I visualized myself teaching a classroom full of 30 people. Um, I just visualized myself winning every time I visualized myself, you know, if I was on a call with somebody who was the perfect fit for the program, then I visualized them saying yes, me saying yes, um, and everything working out seamlessly. I only allowed three suitability calls per day. Okay. So the way I set the calendar up and everything for people to book calls, I didn't allow more than three calls per day. Um, I decommissioned my farm to table digital program. And so those of you who have farm to table digital, which is the self-guided version that doesn't come with live class or live coaching that has been decommissioned, you're actually going to get an email about it soon. Um, but I no longer allow people into farm to table digital. Um, and I stopped reading. So this is important because everything I stopped doing wasn't necessarily, quote unquote, not good anyway, like the alcohol or the scrolling on social media. I also stopped reading. Like, so I'm usually reading at least, you know, four to five different books at one time. And I did not allow myself to read from March 15th to, <laughs> to April 18th. OK, um, then. The other thing I did to manifest this outcome is I started with the end in mind. So I knew two things. I knew I wanted 30 students and I knew I wanted to um, have a certain dollar amount. Um, But that with that 30 students, because I knew I wanted 30 students, I acted like I already had them. So when I was ordering materials for farm to table and things like that, everything was with 30 students in mind. So we introduced... um, boxes this semester. So we send our course materials to our students in these really um, beautiful signature farm to table boxes now instead of just regular packaging and mailing materials. So it's like custom made boxes that we have now that we send our course materials in. And when I was designing them and ordering them, I ordered 30. Like I don't need any less and I don't need any more because I'm about to get 30 students for my spring semester and that's all I want. I'm 
because I didn't want to order too many in case I didn't like them or whatever and didn't want to and didn't want to use them for next semester. So I only ordered enough for this semester and I ordered exactly 30. OK, um, I made I told my assistant to make 30 inserts for everything that was going in the box. I only printed out 30 of our um workbooks that each of our students get our 60 page workbook I only printed out 30 of those like when I tell you I prepared for 30 people you know I didn't hope or I didn't wish I knew it right I'm like we're gonna get all 30 students so I'm gonna need 30 boxes with 30 workbooks with 30 inserts that's what I need you know I need these 30 ink pens I need these tea bags like everything that was going in their box I need it um, 30 in because that's the number I was going to have. So I started with the end in mind and that all comes down to visualization. Like I visualized every single outcome that I wanted, right? I visualized me and my assistant Kelly packing the boxes. I visualized everything. Okay. And the final thing that I did to manifest this beautiful outcome was that I met, I did a meditation, a guided meditation every single morning when I opened my eyes. I did a guide. Now, the reason it's very important to know here that I did guided meditation is because I didn't want to trust my brain. <laughs> I didn't want to trust my brain to go off on the deep end. So I made sure that I pre-selected a different message to be buried into my subconscious every single day. OK, so I did the exact same meditation, this meditation by Joe Dispenza. Don't ask me for it because about. Two to three weeks into the launch, I went on YouTube, you know, that morning to do my meditation and it was gone. He uh, there was a message that came up that says this um, video has been removed for copyright issues. And I'm like, Lord. So I had to pick a whole new meditation to finish off the rest of the launch. So the one I was originally doing, I can't even find it anymore, y'all. Um, so I basically did two different meditations during that time. Otherwise, it would have been the exact same one the entire time. But I meditated. I did a guided meditation. So that's literally with somebody talking in your ear um, every day from March 15th to April 18th. And this is all about, right, um, embedding certain messaging into your subconscious. So your subconscious is the most vulnerable right before you fall asleep and right when you wake up. So if you ever want to do like affirmations or meditations or mantras or anything like that, the very best time to do them is immediately upon waking or immediately before you go to sleep because you're like in a conscious, unconscious state. You're not fully awake. You're not fully asleep. And so your subconscious is the most vulnerable at that time. And so I did my meditation every single morning as soon as I opened my eyes, before I got out of bed, before I did anything else, before I even took a sip of water. I did my meditation. Um, to and it was a meditation that I specifically selected based on the, um, the thoughts and the, um, the ideologies that I needed to believe to manifest my outcome. So the whole time I was doing my meditation, it was all about man of selling out the spring 2021 semester for farm to table like i won't trying to do nothing else in my in my life in this period I, I i need you guys to understand how i put every bit of energy into thinking about this launch into refining the launch as i went 
you know, into making sure Now, this was important. The re- part of the reason I did the meditation is number one to, you know, embed a certain belief system into my subconscious every day. But the second reason I did the meditation is because meditation is really meant to um, teach you how to be present. Right. So when I'm listening to his voice, I was present with every word. I was, didn't allow my mind to drift off into the future or the past. It was all about being present. And one of the ways I knew that I was going to manifest these outcomes for the semester is by being present. Because if I, if I had three suitability calls on one day, right, and two of them said no, by the time I get to the third one, I could feel really defeated. I could feel really, you know, like not energized. I could feel really like, oh, I could go into this suitability call feeling like, you know, just not just feeling like a failure, basically. And so I didn't want to do that. I wanted to know how to be present. I wanted to make sure I was mastering not letting past successes or past failures impact the present moment. And so that's what meditation helped me do. It helped me be completely and fully a thousand percent present. And so and then the reason I didn't scroll on social media is for the same reason, because you can scroll on social media and you can start getting ideologies implanted into your sub- subconscious about things you should or shouldn't be, be doing. And it throws you off your task. Like you can be fully confident in a certain season in your life, but then you start taking in too much information from the digital world or even from the physical world um, that you didn't ask for. And it begins to... Um, create doubt in you. And I didn't want any doubt created. I wanted to be fully confident in the process that I had chosen for myself. And so that's why I didn't scroll on social media. Now, the reason I didn't allow myself to read, even though reading is a great practice and it's part of my professional development, is because I didn't want to, when I study, like I study, like, and I really, like when I'm studying my nutrition science and all that stuff, like it's really important to me. And when I study it and I and I happen to be studying something that I think is really relevant in the moment or that maybe a student or somebody recently asked me about and now I feel like I can explain it and break it down better, I feel pressure to do that. So I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to invade this these 32 days with tasks that could wait. And so I didn't allow myself to do a whole bunch of professional development through my readings and my books because I didn't want to create more work for myself. Um, unnecessarily, because I would feel like a horrible teacher or facilitator if I didn't take this new information and embed it somewhere. Like, oh, I need to add this to a curriculum. I need to make sure I say this on the next. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to, I'm like, you know what? For these 32 days, I have so much knowledge and information. I don't need to get anything new. I need to focus all my energy on selling out spring 2021 semester. So there was that. And then the reason I stopped doing one-on-one coaching was just from an energetic standpoint. You know, it would have been devastating to have like three suitability calls for people trying to get in from the table on one day and then have two one-on-one coaching sessions. Just from an energetic standpoint, it was too much. From a physical standpoint, I could easily do it. You know, I'm not leaving the house. You know, I'm just hanging around in my office and working, but it takes so much energy to coach people. It takes so much energy. And so I was like, I, in order to up level farm to table, I can no longer do one on one coaching. So I didn't just stop one on one coaching while I was selling the spring semester farm to table. I stopped one on one coaching forever. 
Um, so I, the only way you can get a one-on-one -on -one with me is in my group coaching program because we give all of our students one one-on-one -on -one session. But you can't just work with, work with me one-on-one -on -one for like 12 weeks anymore. That's no longer available. Um, and again, I did that because I needed to pour way more energy into Farm to Table, the other 23, my speaking engagements, you know, all those other things that I, that I do and projects that I'm on. So... I stopped doing one-on-one -on -one coaching um, so that I could have the space to recover because doing a suitability call is almost like coaching sometimes. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that when I got, because when you get in preparation for the call, I needed to be prepared for the call because I'm like reviewing their application. I'm reviewing their health assessment. Um, and then after the call, depending on, you know, what the final outcome was, whether, you know, I allowed them to enroll or not, um, I had to do some stuff to offboard the call. And so you have to prepare energetically that even though the call itself was only 30 minutes, the preparation, the offboarding, you know, and the reviewing, like the men mentally reviewing what happened, you know, what went well, what didn't. You know, what questions did they have that I could have done a better job answering through the application so that they were clear on that before they got on the call? Like me reviewing everything post-call, that requires more energy. So my point here is I did all of these things, y'all. And lo and behold, we definitely sold out Farm to Table. We do, I definitely surpassed um, the financial goal that I was going for. Um, and basically manifested the outcome. And it was emotional roller coaster. I'm not going to act like it was seamless. It was an emotional roller coaster trying to stay present, trying to make like the things, the physical things that I was doing to manifest, like not drinking alcohol, not scrolling, not reading. That was all extremely easy. I'm not going to act like that was a struggle. It wasn't a struggle at all. You know, of course, I maintained my workouts. That's another thing I did. I did not let me being in the middle of this launch um, trump the my non-negotiables so I still did my workouts I still drank my water I still ate my plants I still you know I still spent time with you know my family now I did cut back I'm not even gonna lie I told my significant other that I'm gonna be a little scarce scarce these next this next month or so um you know so I put people on notice you know I warned everyone but you know I didn't completely abandon the things that lent to my mental health um, and my physical health, because I knew I was going to need to be extremely sharp in those areas um, to make sure I manifested my outcome. Um, so I stayed on task with all of those things, um, but I'm not, they were, those things were easy. You know, I think the hard part was just like the emotional roller coaster of having doubt sometimes like, oh shoot, it's, I'm halfway through the launch. We only got two weeks left. I only got so many applications left. But I still got 10 seats. Am I going to meet my goal? Am I going to meet my goal? You know, um, and then I actually had three people enroll and with 24 hours, they unenrolled, they asked for a refund. And I didn't try and when, when that happens that quickly, you know, I give people what they want. Like the class hadn't even started yet. They we haven't hadn't given them access to anything yet, any of our intellectual property. So, you know, but that was that was emotional to go through all the work to onboard somebody, welcome them to the farm the table and but within 24 hours they're like never mind I changed my mind I don't think it's a, you know it's a right time for me blah 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 so that was emotional so I had to energetically make space for all of those emotions I had to energetically make space to constantly think through the process as I was doing it because again this was the first time we introduced an application 
uh, process or model as opposed to just a regular sales page. So in previous you know, semesters, it was just about me sending out emails and posting on social media saying, hey, Farmer Table is open, get in where you fit in before we sell out and me just sit back and watch the sales come in. No, I was actively engaged through every single sales process. I literally know every single one of our students on a personal level. I know their desires. I know why, why they're here. I know what they've tried before, you know, and so that's di- that energetically it was so different. And I knew that it was going to take so much more from me. And so I absolutely made sure I designated space for it. So that's what I want to encourage you to do, you know, and I had to give our students this speech, I think, in the second week of the semester, which is a lot of times when we make major decisions in our life, we only make the physical space for it and we make sure we have the physical capability. And when I say physical, I mean, like, do I have the time? You know, am I available? Do I have the money? You know, is this something I I need or been looking to do? We like, you know, do I like the way the information is going to be presented or, you know, the structure of the program and we make a decision. But I'm like, I had to tell our students, like, did you energetically prepare for farm to table? Because you you physically prepare. You was like, oh, yeah, I'm available on Tuesday nights from seven to nine. You know, you was like, oh, yeah, I can afford that price. OK, that works within my budget. You know, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, I know how to work Zoom, you know, the digital platforms and stuff. OK, yeah, it's not going to be in person. Digital works better. OK, so that works for me. Like, so, you know, you prepare physically in those ways. And a lot of people, that's how we make decisions. We just check those existential boxes. But, you know, energetically, did you prepare? Did, are you in a space mentally and emotionally to go through the process and engage in all of the hard work that is going to be required to achieve the transformation you're seeking? Right? Because it's not a matter of just coming to class on Tuesday nights and that's it. We give you guys homework. We give you work. But most importantly, you got to overcome some things like our students come into class with sugar addictions, with salt addictions, with, you know, oil addictions, with just like I ain't going to give up my cheese <laughs> ideologies. Like I'll give up the meat. I'll do most of what Lisa says or suggests, should I say. Um, but they come in thinking like already saying what they aren't going to do sometimes or that what you know, or already thinking that this is going to be like a temporary thing, like, okay, I'll do this program for 10 weeks, and then I'll go back to what I'm used to. And so we try and set their expectations, like this is not that, you know, and we want to make sure that you prepare energetically for the amount of work that's required to get the transformation that you said you wanted, right, that you said you wanted to get the transformation and maintain the transformation that you said you wanted. Not only are there some things you got to stop doing, there's some things you got to start doing. And there's some things that you're going to have your have to wrap your brain around never going back to. And that requires a lot of energy alone making coming to terms with that. A lot of people have not taken the time to energetically come to terms to what to what's really, truly required in order to get the outcome you are seeking in life. A lot of people think it's just a matter. It's, it's just going to be a temporary discomfort. No, we're talking transformation. So there's some things that need to happen cognitively. There's some things that need to happen emotionally. There's some conversations that need to be had in your life with yourself and with other people. There are some shifts and some pivots that need to be made, right? You, ha- you, we have a lesson in Farm to Table called doing versus becoming. 
And when a lot of people come in front of the table, they're just doing, i.e. modeling behavior. So like, okay, Lisa said, drink the water. She drinks the water. You know, Tiffany said, eat the fiber. She eats the fiber. You know, they, they gave us these workouts. We should work out. They model our behavior. They don't realize that our mission is for them to become a different person. So when people listen to that doing versus becoming lesson, they're really like, shoot, right? They're like, oh, I got to, oh, this is what's required to become the person. It's not a matter of just modeling behavior for 10 weeks. That's not a sustainable um, strategy for your life. You can model, you can only model somebody's behavior for so long. In order to really maintain the transformation you're looking to achieve, you have to become a whole different person. Um, and so all of that requires an energetic designation, you know? And so that's what I did for this semester of Farm to Table in, or, in order to sell it out. Um, that's what I um, had me my personally had to push myself through, you know, my own personal challenges and things to to arrive at this place. And now, you know, I'm somebody that I've never been before in this moment. Right. And I'm creating um, the things that I'm producing and creating and putting out into the world is coming from a person that didn't exist before. Um, and so it's new material for many different reasons, not just the content that's coming out of my mouth, but it's just coming from a different mindset. Um, and so that's what I want for you guys. And so whatever you are striving to achieve, okay, um, whether it be in your career, whether it be in your health, in your relationships, um, and the impact you want to make on the world, um, in your finances, whatever area that you have like this really big goal and this thing that you want to manifest, I need you to energetically prepare. Don't just physically prepare. Don't just carve out the time on your calendar. That's logistics, okay? Don't just look at the logistics of it all, the cost, the time, you know, the, the physical location. I need you to prepare energetically. And that's very different. So, you know, how do you, what do you need to do to begin to intentionally tra channel energy to this outcome? For me, that was guided meditation. That was, I can't scroll. That was, I can't drink alcohol. I couldn't have poison, you know, disrupting my brain. I couldn't, I couldn't even allow myself to read, right? Because I know what reading does to me. And I, and I didn't want to let energy go that way. I wanted all energy to stay right here. So that's, my message for today. Okay. Um, way over one hour, but I hope it was worth it. I hope it makes sense. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to hearing you guys feedback on this and what you guys think um, about and what does en preparing energetically look like for you and some outcomes that you're looking to manifest in your life because you have the capability. Um, you just have to properly prepare. Okay. All right. So listen, drop me a like, Drop a share on this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the Black Health Academy podcast um, and let us know what's resonating the most for you. Until next time, y'all. Take care.